Hello, I'm Will Yeoman and welcome to another episode of the Pod Well Travelled. I'm joined today by travel writer Penny Thomas, who's going to tell us about the latest luxury travel trends. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Bali's uh, Kamakandara, from which I emerged um, very much feeling uh, the benefits of, of such a an, an amazing resort um, only last week. So, well, yes, I'll update you on that. And later on the show, we've got Alexandra Casey telling us a little bit about Esperance, which is always a good thing to hear. But in the meantime, um, we'll get to Penny. Penny. Hello. I'm, I'm a bit, how are you going? Yeah, good. Excellent. I'm a bit intrigued by this uh, story you've got for us. I know. Well, it just came through this morning, actually, mm. um, a little report from Luxury Gold. And um, the report itself is is titled The New Golden Age of Travel, which I think is just a great title anyway. Yeah. It's sort of discussing the, the sort of trends in luxury travel, I guess, for 2023 and beyond. What I like about this one is that it hasn't come through at smack bang at the beginning of the year, where yes. a lot of those types of reports do. So mm. we've sort of experienced a bit of the year so far, and we can see if these trends are sort of on point or not, which yes. as I've been reading through, I feel like I can relate to a few of them actually, which oh, I think, I, I think I can as well, having come back from this uh, this luxury beach resort. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> luxury travel is something I think we all can relate to, whether or not we can all do well, well, it. Well, exactly, <laughs> we all want to do it, but yeah, it's, it's aspirational, I think yes, is the right word. Yes, sure, <laughs> definitely. But um, what I'll get into is just sort of a few different items that they've sort of pointed out through the report. There's about six mm. key travel trends that I sure. found um, were quite good, but just an interesting quote from up the top was that luxury travel itself have seen um, their bookings rise by 150% since last year really? so okay. which is which is interesting people are back they, they want to travel mm, and mm. perhaps at the higher end market mm. they are keen and one in six of them are planning to spend around ten thousand dollars on a holiday this year right which does probably sound expensive to some people and it is it is a price i guess per person that's quite a lot but um because of the pandemic people are sort of roaring like raring to go again and i myself personally am planning um our honeymoon mm. and as i've been budgeting for that things can add up really fast especially if you're yes. planning a big trip so we're going away for a month and things are really adding up and we'll definitely probably hit that that 10 so so as you say it mark. sounds expensive but it's actually probably not not particularly extravagant yes when you sort of add mm. everything up but yeah i guess that's that is the cost of travel and you've got to weigh it up is that the experience that you but, want. But do you so. also think, because um, a lot of people haven't been able to travel, certainly not internationally, they've just basically been saving up their money. So yeah. they have got that money to spend. Yes, and there's mm. pent-up demand for it as well. Indeed, So, yes. yeah, that's what they've also sort of highlighted throughout the report as well, which I kind of found quite interesting. Um, one of the top sort of trends that they've mentioned is they've called it touring on top. And this is sort of, um, I guess, describing gone are the days of the DIY travel. Mm. I don't know if that's entirely true, but perhaps in the the luxury travel market, that's the case. Um, And they're sort of explaining that clients want to really receive those end-to-end experiences um, and they want to sort of book tours where everything is sort of organised for them all as an inclusive package. Right, okay. Which, looking back at the pandemic, there's been a lot of, I guess, insecurities that people have, I guess, with booking things online. Mm. Will this go ahead? Mm. So having one sort of... Um, point of contact to be able to do that all for like you. Like a one-stop shop. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And it everything's done for you. It really does. Yeah. Right. So that was um, one of the trends that they've sort of um, highlighted. And Anna Bergdorf, who's from Luxury Travel Associates, she sort of says that, yeah, you know, 
the world has changed since the pandemic and um, booking a tour simply takes the guesswork and stress out of book, out of the booking mm, process. So mm, if nice. you can, and you, if you're able to, that I can understand why that's, people that's are doing it. That's the way to do it. it, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Another key trend is the regenerative rise or regeneration rising, which is sort of talking, I guess, about um, sustainability and eco-friendly sort of tours as well. That's probably on the rise. But also the fact that people just want to ensure when they're going on a holiday mm. that their trip sort of brings around positive social and environment like an environmental impact so i found that that's probably people are just more cautious of where they are going will this um, benefit the local communities there or or are we creating more harm by going if it's a really peak time or yeah yeah no sure so just being a little bit more i guess aware of of where we're traveling is interesting um and what i also found was interesting is the leave to learn trend that they've highlighted in the in the report okay so I don't know what does that sound like to you. Leave to learn. It's well, I, to me, it sounds like you um, would go away in order to learn more about the world. Exactly. That's mm. that's really kind of it. Yes. And I ask you because you did the weaving work- workshop. Um, was in, that last yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, and correct. Yeah, the Northern and, Territory. Yeah, and that's the type of experiences that they're saying people are sort of really. Um, desiring these days mm, in the luxury travel mm, market mm. cooking classes they've got yeah weaving workshops and even like archaeological digs and things like that so really becoming involved in the experience that they're doing and and perhaps taking back something that might not be physical or but sometimes well, it could be, be. Yeah, I, the, I had my little basket class. which yeah. i brought back with me yeah exactly. it's lovely but mm. yeah a cooking class would perhaps give you different recipes that you can use Indeed. at home so you sort of get to hold on to that travel experience perhaps yes. a bit longer than, yes. than normal yes that makes sense and that even ties into the next one which is the tangible nostalgia so they mm. that sort of yeah is sort of directly sort of focusing in on um the memories that you'll be able to take away but it's also saying that physical items are sort of on the rise again and not sort of tacky um, souvenirs Souvenirs or anything like that. They're sort of saying that people are actually keen on purchasing something perhaps like merch, if they've really enjoyed a small group tour and then say, oh, I want to represent this company yes. when I'm back at home. And when yes. they put that back on at home, they might go, oh, I really liked that tour. And it's a conversation starter when mm, they're also around mm, their friends. Mm. So that's another one that I found that was quite interesting. And to me, I understand that I've been to Nalu before and I think we've bought like stubby holders with the Nalu crest on them. Mm. And every time we use them in Perth and crack a beer in them, we just think, <laughs> oh, how nice was that when we were in Nalu doing that on the beach? And, and, and they're certainly the kinds of things that are accessible to anybody. It's not really within the sort of category of luxury travel, is Absolutely it? Anyone not. can afford these kinds of you know, yes. mementos. Yes, mm. that, and because those types of things, I guess it just depends on what type of memento you're looking for. Mm. But a really good example was, um, I think there was a company up north actually doing it where they had staff who um, who themselves were wanting to start a little micro business. So okay. they were selling their products with sort of local um, indigenous sort of ingredients within right. these products in the um, accommodation. And then people could choose and opt to buy that that product and then mm. work directly with that staff member to order that back in mm. when you're at mm. home as well. Mm. So those kind of ideas, I think, is sort of what they're, they're also talking about there um, with sort of tangible items that you're not just bringing back a whole you know, Indeed, yes. suitcase of plastic yes. stuff that we don't need. <laughs> Basically landfill. But yeah, yeah I, I actually did quite like that one. As, when I first read it, I wasn't sure, but then I've gone through it and yeah, it did sort of appeal to me. Mm. Another one is the new Roaring Twenties. Um, again, I, this is... Uh, probably for the luxury travel market specifically. Mm, mm. Um, it's people just really want to sort of kick back and enjoy the good life while they can and the opportunities there. And 
for me, as I go back to planning this honeymoon at the moment, my partner and I were discussing, should we go to America? It's going to be really expensive. Like, yeah. you know, inflation, well, what are we going to do? And we spoke to, actually, my partner spoke to a, a person that he works with and he said, if you don't have kids, do it now because it's only going to get more expensive. Yeah, you know? yeah sure. No, <laughs> and absolutely. so just live now if you can. Mm, and if that mm. opportunity is there, it's always going to be expensive regardless. It's just making sure mm. that, you know, we won't go over our budget or anything like that. Yes. We'll still be sensible. But yes. to actually just live those experiences when they're there because, you know, that's sometimes when you're in your prime, you've just got to go and travel. Well, exactly. And don't leave so it you too might late. not get another opportunity, which yeah. is sort of the opposite argument to the retirees who, are, you know, are enjoying travel for different mm. reasons. They, they obviously, they're not working anymore. They've probably got savings. They've got the leisure time, you know, the, the, uh, just the, uh, what do you call it, the disposable income. Yes, yeah. So there is that argument. But also, like you say too, if, if you're, un, you know, unattached in terms of children and so forth. Yes. And you can afford to, and it's only going to get more expensive. You might think it's expensive now. Yeah, yeah. Why not do it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. And mm. because that pent-up demand is also there for everyone, whatever That's sort of right. age you are as well. Absolutely. We've missed out on a bit. So yes. doing a nice big holiday, it seems like <laughs> everyone deserves that at the moment, not just, not just us. No. no, no, no. You're absolutely right. So yeah, that was another one that I did like. And the final one that they've highlighted is is spe- uh, specialist stays, so unique, mm. one-of-a-kind experiences that sort of really get you into a community um, and sort of scope out the area, and, and they're not just your cookie-cutter accommodation. Mm. So I think that's been a trend that we've seen for a long time now. Yes. Um, but, yeah, what makes different places unique and, and gives, I guess, the, their accommodation a, a sense of personality or, and sort of position in the world as so yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll sort of delve into the report a bit more throughout my story. But another little thing that I did notice in there was that business class is on the rise. Apparently, so flight center, and I don't know how these numbers, how they've got to these numbers, because I'll have right. to go and dissect it a little bit more. But they're saying that three hundred nineteen percent, or they've had seen a three hundred nineteen percent increase in business class booking since last year. That is huge. Huge. Mm. But were there as many people travelling last year? Well, that's right. You, you have to look behind the figures and see what the reasons are exactly. for, for that. Yeah. But it could, in part, relate to the fact that people have got more money to spend and they're willing to spend more money yes. and willing to treat themselves. Yes. To and, Well, business class is essentially luxury travel as well, isn't it? Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So it really ties into this. But mm. I was also mentioning it because for the first time ever, I got to fly business class uh, to Singapore. Wow. So that was an experience in itself, getting to turn left on the airplane. It's a bit tough, isn't it? Because it's so wonderful, it's yes. hard to go back. I know, to economy, and that's what everyone keeps telling me. Which you basically me. have to do, or those of us who are not mega rich have know. to do. You well, know, I've had my many of my younger years. I've always spent in in budget um, budget sort of airlines. Yes, and, and, yes. You know, sitting shoulder to shoulder to mm. other people and just getting from A to B very. Um, Affordably, I guess. Yes. Um, but yeah, that all changed uh, when I went to Singapore. <laughs> so. But now, now, now you can see why every what everyone's talking about. Yes. It really is quite special. You can isn't see it? how the mm. price will go up on every oh holiday. Oh my god, if it's if huge, though, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it was yeah. a really special experience and mm. very, very happy. I flew with Qantas, and it, it was um, magnificent. Mm. Magnificent, really. Okay. And um, yeah, it's the only way I would like to travel. <laughs> Join the I've club. never done first class as well, as you can probably tell. Well, Have as, you done? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I'm assuming that would would clearly be a whole extra layer again. Mm. But no, no, look, I'm pretty happy with business cars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would be too, yeah. 
it, do, it does make flying just so much mm. more enjoyable. No, no, mm. exactly right. And that's part of your experience, not just about getting from point A to point B, then that's quite important. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, yeah, that's um, all I sort of had to really say on the, that report, but I thought it was quite a good yeah, one. Yeah, it's really interesting, raises a lot of different points, and uh, almost each of those points alone would deserve a standalone story if, mm. if one had the time and, and the space. But you're, as you say, you're going to delve in more and you're going to write, write something up for us. Um, yes. And I'm sure we'll see that in print over the next few weeks. Um, I reckon we'll go to Alex Casey now in Esperance um, because uh, I spoke to her earlier this morning uh, for the pod. So um, she was kind enough to drop into the, the West offices where we're recording from, West Australian, for the very first time. So we're able to show her around. Um, she's one of our freelance contributors who many of your listeners, our listeners, will know from her byline in the Sunday Times and the West Australian. So, um, like you and me, I guess, Esperance is a bit of a favourite, you know, depending on the time of the year you go. She went on the slightly sort of off-season or the shoulder season, they call it, mm. and found lots to enjoy. Alex, welcome to the pod. Hi, Will. Nice to be here. So, you were relatively recently in Esperance. Um, interesting time of the year, too, because it's, I, I guess it's traditionally the off-season, isn't it, or what they call a the shoulder season? Yeah, well, while summer is the busiest period, mm. it's actually really, really nice to visit in February, March, April, because you get those days where it's a glass off over the ocean, yeah, less sure. wind, less crowds. Mm. Um, there's actually more availability in terms of accommodation and bookings with restaurants. So I'd say it's actually probably the best time to go. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you. I was there like maybe a couple of years ago and... Um, again off off season and it's just amazing because you could just it was so such a relaxed feeling because mm-hmm. it wasn't crowded as you say absolutely a lot of options and i know there might be a couple of things that you can't access because they they don't they don't cater for that part of the the year mm-hmm. but i think that's a small price to pay isn't it so, so but tell me though what did you get up to because i i know from the stories that we've published from you in the paper you you seem to have covered a hell of a lot of ground Yeah, well, I suppose the first thing I did, which I'd highly recommend, is the Great Ocean Drive. Mm. Um, So, along that, you pass beaches like Blue Haven, Twilight, Nine Mile, each definitely worth pulling up for a swim, surf or snorkel or even fishing. Um, You'll catch a great sunset and it's just a beautiful coastline drive. Um, Definitely, I think, a must for anyone going to Esperance. Wow, okay. Um, Another thing which is really, really great, is Frenchman's Peak. Mm. So, they actually named that, um, I think, because the shape of the mountain mimics that of the hats the French would wear during the war. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you can climb up there. There's a little cave at the top and you get beautiful, expensive um, views over Cape Le Grand. Yeah, yeah, sure. The beaches. um, That's just amazing. Uh, Another great place to stop in is Esperance Gin Distillery. Mm. So, it's a father and son duo um, and they're all about sharing flavours of Esperance with the world, um, (laughs) which is a really cool idea. They use local botanic um, flavours from around the region in their gin. Uh, which is always really nice, good to support local as well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. These are the same guys you may or may not know, but there was sort of like the world's smallest distillery or something at one point. Yes, exactly. It was a big selling point. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) So I think they first started out of a garage Yeah. um, Yeah. with, 
Yeah, and that's all they started with, I think, two years ago during COVID. Yes. Um, and now they've become quite successful, which is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love to hear success. those sort of great local stories about businesses like that that really take off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So they're a massive example of that. Another really great thing would be a scenic flight. Mm. Um, it's a really great way to get a view over the entire of Esperance. You'll see salt lakes. Um, you fly over the beaches. You can fly all the way to Lucky Bay. Sure. Um, I was in mine and even saw a couple of sharks and dolphins. Oh, so, that beautiful. was pretty insane. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, um, I noticed too reading your stories, there's, there's quite a vibrant arts scene there in Esperance as well, isn't there? Mm -hmm. and, and I actually particularly noticed, I can't remember her surname, but Cindy, you know, the, the glass artist. Yes. I actually went to her studio as well when I went there and oh. it's just incredible. She's an amazing artist as well. Yeah, she is really amazing and it's definitely worth stopping in at her gallery. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, she's really cool. Yeah, but um, is there anything else there in the sort of art scene that sort of grabbed your attention? I know there is an Indigenous cultural tour. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Called Dabungal Cultural Experiences. Right. And it's run by three generations of Indigenous women mm. um, and they guide you through a journey of the six Noongar seasons um, and they teach you about bush tucker and bush medicine um, and you just walk around a little area by the beach they tell you all of their history, which is really, really amazing. Um, yeah, so I'd recommend that for anyone interested in history and culture. Yeah. And, yeah. Actually, I do recall it because I remember the lovely picture that we, we ran of, of them and I remember mm -hmm. reading about that and thinking that sounds absolutely incredible. Yeah, yep. What about the food and drink? I mean, you mentioned the distillery, but mm -hmm. did you have any great meals there? Is there anything you can recommend to people? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think it's pretty iconic to have fish and chips on the beach yes, indeed. when you're in Esperance. So, Fish Face is a local go-to. Mm. Get your favourite fish there, mm. take it down to Lucky Bay, take it to Nine Mile. That's really amazing. Um, downtown Espresso Bar mm. is a really good place to stop in for a takeaway coffee, mm. take it for um, a walk or Lucky Bay Brewing actually is another really good one. Sure. They do awesome pizzas um, and they're guided by a paddock to Pine Ethos. Mm, mm, um, really cool place. Um, and that's just, I think, about 10 minutes out of town. Okay, so this is so, a little out of town. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, but not a far drive. Definitely worth stopping for lunch. So, so I'm, I'm getting the sense that if you do go, it's probably a good idea to hire a car if you mm -hmm. haven't driven down there. 100%. Because, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'd say if you're flying down there, hiring yeah. a car is a must. Sure. Wow. I I had a hire car. Yes. And I'm not sure how you'd get around with public transport. Yeah. No, you probably could point. do it, but I wouldn't recommend it. No, no. You'd miss out on a lot, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then you'd want to go check out beaches like Wharton's and Lucky Bay and they're both about an hour's drive mm, from mm. Um, the Esperance town. Sure. So it's definitely worth having your own car. Just yeah. gives you a lot of freedom to do different things. Uh, I actually did did drive down there, and um, I guess the downside of that is it's an extremely long drive there and back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it actually is worth it just for the versatility of having your own car as well. Definitely. Yeah. I think if you can spare those eight hour travel <laughs> travel days. Um, it's definitely worth it. But even if you have just three days down there, yeah. the relaxation um, 
and yeah, refreshment that you feel is just worth is worth amazing. every moment of the yeah, drive. Yeah. So, may I ask you where you actually stayed? Because we haven't really talked about accommodation mm, options either. Yep, I stayed at Esprin. At, sorry, Esperance Island View Apartments, okay. which was really good um, right on the foreshore yeah. near the jetty, sure. which has been recently redone. Yeah, um, yeah, within walking distance to restaurants, mm. coffee mm. joints, um, the beach, everything. So I'd, that's yeah, very nice central place to Sounds go. Um, there's also another really beautiful spot called Esperance Chalet Village. Um, sort of boho vibe, everything's white, A-frame little houses. Mm, mm. Really trendy um, on a plot of land. I think it's eight acres um, lined by trees and framed by the ocean. So, that's stunning. Wow, um, that sounds yeah. really nice. Yeah. yeah. So, look, to finish up with, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I, I want to ask you what, what your overall impression you know the vibe was i suppose i just felt really refreshed um step out of the city step into nature sure sort of yeah unplug recharge Mm. refresh Mm. i think being in nature just rejuvenates you and you've got the beach you've got yeah so i think it's just a beautiful place to go and disconnect from the city life and reconnect with yourself and family, sure. nature. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Alex, well, look, thank you so much for being on the pod Well Travelled. Looking forward to talking to you again soon. And in the meantime, listeners can read your stories online at thewest.com.au forward slash travel. Perfect. Okay. Thank you for having me. What? You've never been to Bali? Now I have, which is amazing. And... What, what a way to do it in, in style. We're talking about luxury travel before. So I spent um, two nights, one full day at the Kamakandara Beach Resort, uh, which is perched above the cliffs overlooking the Indian Ocean in Ungasan. And that's kind of like the really south southernmost tip of the, the Bucket Peninsula. So right, right down south. Um, absolutely incredible. You know, and, and I keep thinking, well, I'm not really sure if I can still say I've been to Bali, Bali, because I just spent my whole time in this amazing paradise. And Which I know, <laughs> well, well, maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> it is, it, but yeah. I don't know because I haven't seen anything else. But honestly, um, I think, first of all, the whole karma ethos, and they've got properties all around the world, including like French Chateau and stuff like that. So, not they don't just do the sort of Southeast Asian market, but they do that very well. Um, I love their ethos because it's all about engaging with the local communities, it's about supporting uh, local charities. And I saw this firsthand with the, uh, I was kind of had dinner and hung out a bit with the MD there, Sean, and he was telling me how they, you know, they they ask for everyone's opinion, all the staff members say, oh, what do you think we should do here? They really engage them. They really recognize their potential and treat them like members of of a real team. Mm. And Sean himself is such a creative guy because um, another part of the Karma experience is all about events and about activities, about artistic staff, um, concerts, activities obviously beach activities mm. um the spa itself was incredible you know i, I did yoga i had a massage oh, i had nice. this um, infrared sauna have you ever had an infrared sauna i haven't actually i've, I've been planning on doing one soon they're incredible they're, they're really trendy at the moment but yeah what but, you but they're so good because okay then so nothing steam i could you could leave your glasses on basically yeah. there's no no steam it's the temperature's lower for the same effect if that makes sense so it's basically um it's 
it's shining light on you rather than blowing well, well like hot air or whatever yeah, else in normal and steam like exactly yeah. there's, no, there's none, none of that so it's very comfortable mm. but you know boy boy do you start to sweat still but right. but not in a sort of yeah it's and just how long, it's just amazing how long does the experience well they they recommended half an hour okay. so i probably did about 20 minutes and i went and jumped in the um Himalayan salt soaking pool after that. Right. And was that was a cold uh, pool? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you do the yeah. hot cold sort of... Basically, yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't super cold because yeah. it was just like an outdoor sort of pool. So it was whatever the temperature was. Right, no, right. It wasn't, yes. wasn't freezing. But it was so beautiful to be able to do that. But those guys, they engaged the sort of local masters and all the different kinds of, um, you know, whether it's tarot reading or Reiki or um, sound, you know, sound um, therapy. Yeah. The, the menu, they call it a menu, you know, it's just amazing. It's mm. just so much on offer. And honestly, one day, there's no way it was enough. Yeah. How but are you feeling afterwards? Incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote in my story, which is actually published this Saturday in the West Australian, that I actually had a splitting headache from, from climbing, um, I think it was like 360 stairs from the beach. Right. Very steep. Yeah. And I was, it was humid, so I tend to get really bad headaches. So yeah. I went in and thought, oh, this is great. Did this, you know, had the massage afterwards. Yeah. No headache. Completely relaxed, oh. just felt like, you know, I was completely rejuvenated. Yeah, you would have come floating back through the airport <laughs> straight into the office. <laughs> Look, no, absolutely. But, um, yeah, just, just the typical, you've probably been to resorts like this where mm. they have all the self-contained villas with your own pool, your own courtyard. Um, this sort of traditional open barley style of architecture. Yeah. The restaurant's all the same. I wore my uh, mask for, for COVID on the flight. I wore it in the airport, but I did not wear a mask at, at any time while I was on the resort. Yeah. Just no need, no, even if you're feeling like you should, but no no point. Everything's so open and airy, mm. and and because it's so big, there's no sort of feeling like you're crowded or anything, yeah. even when you're in the restaurants. So yeah. and pretty what was, amazing. Was there a lot of people at the resort um, when you were staying there? Were the booking numbers sort of high or... What you would oh, I would say there are, there are, well, it was hard to gauge that because it's so big and sprawling. You, you, I guess, going for breakfast and dinner, the main restaurant, Damare, was, was, was fairly reasonably crowded. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't, I would find it very difficult to judge just from being at the resort because it's, you know, you just, you might see the occasional person wandering yeah. around. Down on the beach, there were a lot of people. Yeah. Um, a lot more and some wonderful little sort of, um, more relaxed, so like cocktail bars and cafes down there. I had a wonderful pizza down there. Nice. Um, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, honestly, it's hard to say. It, mm. it could have been packed for all I know, but you wouldn't feel that. Well, that's great. And that's the great it, it thing was, about yeah. a, you know resort like that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, resorts are my favourite, especially ones like that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get enough of them, really. But it, it, it really does. I think when you sometimes live a, um, a bit of a hectic lifestyle, those types of holidays, you don't really realise how much you sort of need them yeah. until they come along. And you go, oh, I, I get to just step back. And just, you know, treat myself for a moment. And the rewards are actually way more than I usually expect that mm. I get out from them. So mm. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And that is absolutely hopefully it will true. be back on your agenda, I guess, from here on out. Oh, look, it'd be amazing. And, and I, I keep, I think I said in my story, oh, well, I'll have to leave that for the next visit. I, I seriously feel like I've just scratched the surface. Mm. And when Sean found out I was only staying for a day, he was dismayed. He said, what? You, know, you can't do that. How do you see Bali yeah, in a day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how do you see the resort in a day? Exactly. It's just yes. so much going on. Yeah. So they have wonderful sort of artists and residents. There's a guy there. Oh, wow. 
Um, Reef Myers, I think his name is. He's, oh, I know Reef. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know him? Okay. Well, yeah. there you go. So he's, he does great stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I took a picture of one of his painted surfboards uh, in one of these sort of bars down on the beach. But mm. he, he actually had a residency there where he worked with young people from a nearby sort of um, – not quite, a, not quite an orphanage, but they're people from sort of disadvantaged um, homes and things. Wow. Young kids. And so he spent a lot of time working with them. And in fact, Sean told me that they have a very close relationship with this institution, which is not far from the resort. Yes. Such that they will train up and employ young people from there. Oh, fantastic. To work on the resort. Oh, that's great work. So yeah. that's an example of their engaging with the community. Yeah, yeah. And his art is incredible oh, too. It's, it is. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, Sean sent me a link link to the sort of a virtual tour as well of one of, the, of one of these galleries because obviously I only saw sporadic artwork around yeah. the resort and he's, he's just incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's so nice to, I, I guess, see there's West Aussies living over in Bali or, or working over there, yes. but also giving back to the community like 100%. that. 100%. They don't just go there just for them, if that makes sense. No, so, no. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So look, there's lots to like. You can say to yourself, yeah, this is like a sort of five-star luxury beach resort sort of, you know, deal. But they're actually doing a lot. Mm. They're working very closely with the local community, with charities. And I think they do a fabulous job. So, yeah, yeah very, very happy to support them any way we can by, by writing great stories about them. Exactly. Getting more people to go and there. And I'm so glad you enjoyed it. You have to go back for sure. Yeah, no, totally. I'm not, not a seasoned, you know, barley traveller like you, but <laughs> maybe I will become that one yes, day. Yes, yes. I'm okay. glad. <laughs> well, thanks, um, Penny. It's great having you on the pod as always. Yes. Um, and I guess we'll catch up again next time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Then. Bye. Bye.